Welcome to the Alien Pro Podcast. It's Saturday, October 7th. We've got Matt here and a special guest, Terry. Is it Lynch? I'm sorry, I want to pronounce it correctly. Link Heel. Link Mufon board member, probably our highest power yes. guest we've ever had. Yeah, celebrity guest. <laughs> celebrity guest. Yes. It's awesome. You know? <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about yourself there, Terry. Well, gee, there's so much to tell. I, know. I don't know where to start. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, start, start with MUFON because we're members. Uh, we're members of Northern, the Northern California MUFON. We're card, oh, nice. We're oh, card carrying members and, uh, Yay. you know, budding, you know, investigators, you know, at some point. I Wonderful. Think. And, uh, yeah, so you ahead. need to do that. You need to follow through and yeah. become field investigators. We need investigators. And I'm the director of memberships right. also. And um, I'm also the consultant with MUFON University, which is something new and upcoming and uh, just got released the other day. And uh, that's how we're going to train all of our new FIs in the future. Nice. And uh, it has been a wonderful work with the efforts of Mindy Fest and Jim Millard, Robert Dio, Tomas Carlson, Steve Hudgens, and Bob Spearing. So it has really been a lot of work. We've been working on it for about three years, and uh, we just released it the other day. So when you do join up to become uh, new field investigators, we will certify you, and uh, you'll go through the MUFON University and uh, get your credentials. It's wonderful. So I hope these, you guys got one of these. Through. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to tell you, is it going to be now? Are you still going to do the test online or is it? Yes. Everything will be done online now. Yes. Right. Uh huh. I have to tell you, I'm an epic failure. I took it three <laughs> times. I'm, I'm on my six month waiting period to take it again. Well, I, we will forgive you yeah. as you just go on. Do better. Do better, Doug. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed, but I, you know, I told our, our field investigator, our current, one of our current field investigators and our director, I said, I, I, I didn't, I got a 70 and two seventy fives. I just didn't quite make it. <laughs> That's okay. You will the next time. You'll I'm make it. I will. I'm, I'm still studying harder. So I'm not ready yet. No, okay. Failed a few okay. times. He's scaring me. Let us me. know when you are. All right. Our doors are always open. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what ours say. They said, you just keep trying. Yeah, <laughs> keep studying. Cool. So how is uh, what's it like to be a board member for MUFON? It is amazing. It's really wonderful. Um, I love being on the board. We have an amazing group of individuals who are very dedicated and very serious about uh, making it uh, MUFON into what it is today. Right. We've taken it from a lot of troubled years and past uh, issues and we are moving forward and the group that we've got together is just amazing a lot of uh, very intelligent individuals and a big shout out to uh, uh, Dave McDonald who is our executive director and he does an amazing job he has basically saved MUFON from uh, some of the things we've had endured in the past and brought us into the 20th century, 21st century. And uh, we are just so proud of him and all that he has accomplished. Yeah. And it's really wonderful being on the board because we are setting all these new advances and, you know, 
creating the new criteria, doing all the new things that need to be done. And ufology is just such an interesting, amazing field. Yeah. There is so much going on in the universe, so much going on on our planet. And it really is a great place to be, you know, to watch it all unfold and work with it on a daily basis. And boy, we really do. It's 24 seven, even though no one gets paid. It's, it's a passion yeah, thing, right? It's really a passion. I seem to have been, you know, nipped in the bud back in the early uh, 1979 when I had my first experience. And, wow. uh, you know, I uh, wasn't a fan of extraterrestrials or any of that, you know, I just didn't believe in it. And I just thought it was all comic book entertainment. I really did. Wow. It's, and, um, yeah, we know how it's, yeah, it's like and, and not so, to be paid <laughs> for something we love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> but it's awesome. It is an awesome subject. And we tell us about your experience in 79. What happened? Well, I was uh, coming home from work one evening and I was coming down the street that I would make my left to go into my little subdivision. And, and uh, it was about two o'clock in the morning. I was working a night shift. My husband was working a day shift because we had two little boys at home. And uh, I saw something hovered over the railroad track. And I thought to myself, that, that's got to be a train, you know. And as I got closer, I'm looking at it and looking at it through this little Honda Civic that I was driving. You know, you know how tiny those little yeah, right. um, windows are. But as I'm looking at it, I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Right. That, that can't be. You know, I was overwhelmed. I, I was stupefied. I couldn't even believe it. And I slapped myself on the face really hard and said, have you fallen asleep? Are you dreaming? Right. Am I going to have an accident? You know, or did I? I have an accident. What's going on here? And I didn't really know how to uh, process how to react. Yeah. I mean, uh, total disbelief. And I even said out loud to God, because I believe in God, you got to be kidding me. Those can't be real. That cannot be real. And sure enough, my car shut off, rolled right up to the darn thing. I was about 190 feet from it. And uh, just under 200 feet, and this blue light was going around the center of this uh, spherical craft, and it was 1979, so we didn't have any of the, you know, lights that look like that, you right. know, nothing yeah. from, um, I, I forget what those are called, uh, Gee, I, I wish I could remember, but anyway, we didn't have any crazy lights, you know, we just only had you know, your regular lights. No and this thing was just... No drones and things. Yeah, yeah right. nothing like that. Yeah. And and it, it blew me away. I just couldn't believe how beautiful it was. And I felt like the thing was kind of talking to me or reaching out to me. And I'm sitting in my car going, Terry, whatever you do, don't get out of the car. And the minute I said that, my hand went over, <laughs> turned the door, opened the door, and I got out. And I, I thought, what? You know, am I under some kind of control sure. here? And it, it really kind of freaked me out. And I thought, oh, I'm getting out of the car. Why am I getting out of the car? And I'm talking to myself through that experience the whole time. It's like one side was here and one side was here. And I was fighting, yeah. like, within my mind, between my right and left ear, there was this fight going on, like, get back in the car and don't get 
get out of the car. And then, oh, I'm getting out of the car. So nothing made sense. Like I was literally being controlled. And trust me, as I look back now, many years later, I was being controlled. Right. Yeah. And um, the next thing I knew, I'm, I'm holding on to my door jam white knuckle in it going oh my god that thing is beautiful oh my god that thing is absolutely stunning i've never seen anything like that and i was looking for a door or windows or rivets or something that showed that it was like a train like man-made human this, this thing was solid it was beautiful wow what was your question how oh, big no. was how big was it i mean could you tell uh, well i went back and i measured 42 feet wide and I'm going to say about six feet high, maybe. Wow. Okay, continuing with the story, a little technical difficulties. Go ahead, Terry. Sorry about that. Well, so anyway, so as I was standing there looking at this, um, and I was figuring out that this thing was, in fact, communicating with me, even though I couldn't wrap my mind around that at the time, um, Somehow or other, it was putting me at ease, and I then, after staring at this thing and trying to figure out why it was even there, you know, and the fact that it it was definitely not from this earth, because there was one, just one piece that formed this. There right. was no rivets. There were no sections, nothing like that. It was all one amazing piece. And, you know, there were no um, uh, imperfections of any kind. I mean, I was just looking for rust or something yeah. that you would see on, on a, a normal man-made vehicle and nothing registered. And then this huge light from over to the right where there was a big empty field running along the railroad tracks there uh, came right at me. And from that light, a tall white which absolutely flipped me out i mean wow. i was 27 at the time i was alone it was the middle of the night i'd been standing out in the road and i looked down because i wanted to look away from it and i noticed i was about a good two or three feet off of the pavement oh my God. i wasn't standing wow. on the pavement and i i thought what <laughs> how could that be and this is how they maneuver you. They literally elevate you and move you. And he was pulling me over to that side. First, he was in my peripheral right eye view. And then he was, as my body was being turned and going, he was in my I kept looking away because he was so ugly, like nothing oh, wow. I'd ever seen. Very, very thin, thin neck with a huge head. And big eyes, uh, very much like what you done uh, for extraterrestrials, um, but ugly and uh, very strange looking. Almost, have you ever put your thumb on a on a, uh, a torch and you can see right straight through it? You can see right straight through right. your Tr translucent. You know, yeah. And that's kind of what it was like. I mean, I could see right straight through this guy. He didn't have a bone structure, uh, but he was very weird and very ugly, very long arms, very thin legs. They didn't, it, it didn't even look like skeletal. It was even a little bit weirder looking than that. And I, I looked away and I must have panicked and fainted because then I don't remember anything. Oh, wow. The next thing I remember is being on 
a different craft. There was another craft that had landed oh, over wow. to the right. So the one was still hovered over the railroad tracks, but this one over here uh, had landed. And I woke up inside and I was in this pure white room and the there were no lights per se, but everything glowed like the ceilings uh, and, and the walls and the floor all had this white, soft white light coming out of it, which made it appear like regular light, but nothing like our light bulbs in 1979. And it was very soft and everything was like sucked down, it looked like. There was nothing that you could move, like a chair you could move or a table you could move or a yeah. light you could move. It was all it contained. And um, I sat up kind of and looked down. I was laying down on this table and I looked down and I saw I still had my clothes on my uniform and I had my little uh, brown sandals on my feet and I thought, oh, okay, I'm dressed, I'm out of here. And then yeah. I noticed the movement of three uh, small, I, what I now know as at the time, I had no clue, is grays. Right. And one of them had their uh, fingers on my left ankle, which scared me that I was being touched and didn't even understand what was going on and why am I here and what the heck is that? And then I thought, oh my God, where was that ugly, ugly other thing? And the minute I thought that, he was right here in my view looking oh, straight oh. down at me Ooh. as I'm laying on that slab. And he spoke to me, but not with his mouth, which I'd never heard of that before. And uh, believe me, I was an unbeliever, so I didn't know about missing time, you know, all this mental telepathy. Yeah. I didn't know any of that. I was only 27. I wasn't into that stuff. Um, I, you could say I was a good Christian little girl, you know, yeah. and so none of this made a bit of sense. And so he said to me, we are not going to harm you. We are not going to take you. And when he said, take me, I thought, take me where? And yeah. I mean, he was so hard to look at. He was so other than me. It wow. was surreal. I could hardly even handle the moment. And all of a sudden I was out. I, I don't know what happened, but obviously I fainted from fear or I passed out or something. And the next thing I remembered was being back in front of my little Honda Civic but wow. I'm not the same girl that went in there. Right. When I went in, I was this skeptic, huge, you know, skeptic, not even wanting to be there, not a believer. And now I'm standing there now looking at the one that's hovered over the railroad track. And I'm like, don't, don't leave me here. Don't leave me here. Please take me. I don't want to be here. Please take me with you. And I mean, I'm the mother of two children. Wow. Right did not make any sense to me and I even said out loud shut up what are you saying right. and I'm standing in the middle of the road fighting with myself and uh, it was like me versus me I what are you talking about you know and and then I did it again and I, I was almost in tears I'm like please don't leave me please don't leave me and I was begging them and I even screamed out, aren't I good enough? What's wrong with me that you won't take me? Right. Because they weren't responding at all. And 
I was shocked that those words left my mouth, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. You know, right. With the price of eggs. And, and I didn't even understand it at all. But anyway, as it was like this, then it flipped. Oh. I mean, in those, just like that. Instant. I mean, between you blinking, that thing flipped. It was that fast without any, any kind of... Uh, movement of the trees i mean everything was still like i was in some kind of a bubble i couldn't hear anything i couldn't uh, there was nothing no breeze no nothing no crickets no nothing and uh, however i could see the light at 22nd and 30th avenue and i was like a good block and a half away but i could hear it like i was standing right under it going from click to red oh click, wow. green wow. click the yellow right. it was so weird that i could hear that click right but nothing else and i thought what is this sonic ears for only one thing right, you know, right. yeah nothing made any sense and so um as i was you know standing there this thing then shot up and stopped went up about a i don't know you know maybe above the tree line mm. and it just stopped and now I'm crying, please come back, don't leave me here. And and I kept doing that same thing, going, shut up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Conflicting. Like, wow. Yes. Yeah. It was it was really a, a very strange moment in my life. I will never forget it. I will never understand why. Right. Before I went into that other craft, I was just me. And then when I came out, I was me and something more. Right. I had an understanding that they were good and it was okay and they were friendly and it, they were kind and I wanted to be with them. But how could I want to be anywhere but with my sons right. whom I adored? Right. And anyhow, all of a sudden as it's up there, this big, huge red ball of fire exited from the bottom of the craft that was sitting there and it was just doing this. And I could hear it, you know, it was fire. When you're standing next to a fire pit and you hear the crackling and the burning and the singeing of things. And I mean, this thing was on fire. Wow. And I thought, oh my God, is it going to come down? Am I going to be consumed? Is this how they take you? They kill you, you know? And then I was at total peace and I thought, no, they're not taking me. And I don't know how long I stood there, but I stood there for a very long time while this happened. And then all of a sudden, between the blink of an eye, they both took off so fast out of my sight towards the Gulf of Mexico. I was in St. Petersburg, Florida, by the way. Right. And yeah. I, I just couldn't even believe it. And so that was my very first wow. experience. Wow. And ever since then, I had found out that night, I went to my mother's because I was so freaked out. I said, oh, my God, I got to talk to somebody. Once they were gone, I'm standing alone in the middle of the street, on um, you know, next to Morris Street and 28th Street North. And I'm standing there all by myself in the middle of the road, not a car, nothing. And I'm like, where is the rest of the world? Why am I all alone here in the middle of a city? You know, and. I just had my hands on my head and I said, I got to go talk to my mother. I, I have got to go wake my mother up. And she only lived a minute away. I was on uh, 
uh, 32nd Avenue North and she was on 51st. So I just got in the car and the darn little car started right up here. It had shoved off. I thought I was going to have to walk right. and the car started and I'm like, Oh, the car started. So I turned it around, went to my mother's knocked on the door. She came to the door while well, her husband came to the door. And then she let me in and I said, mom, put the coffee on. I got to talk to you. Oh my God wait till you hear this. And so I sat there and I'm telling her and I'm freaked out and I'm almost screaming. I'm really scared. And, and she's just looking at me and I thought, uh Oh, yeah. she, thinks, <laughs> she thinks I'm an absolute coot. Right. Yep. <laughs> and so she just reaches over to me and pats me on the knee and goes, it's okay, Terry. I've seen them too. Oh, oh no. wow. Oh, man. I jumped up <laughs> off that couch. Right. I looked at her and started screaming. I said, What? Are you kidding me? And yeah. this is why I remember I was 27, because I said this out loud, shaking my finger in my mother's face. I'm 27 years old. How could you not have told me about right. this? Why would you not have prepared me for something as bizarre as this crap? Right. Why wouldn't you have helped me and let me know? And I was screaming at her and she's like, Terry, calm down, calm down. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell, tell me? me. Yeah. I scared out of my gourd. Then she tells me her and her husband who rent their house out, um, three months out of the year because she worked at Honeywell Aerospace and I had worked at Honeywell Aerospace um, in, in the early seventies and had been laid off and I was waiting to come back on. They had worked on the Minuteman project and then were working on the Gemini project and they would lay you off so they wouldn't have to pay you right. or pay Bef for your insurance. Or yeah. Yeah. Benefits. Yeah. So they would just lay you off, but then they would bring you back as soon as they had something big. Well, my yeah. mother who was actually, kind of big with Honeywell. She was in management there in uh, Clearwater, Florida. And um, she said to me, Terry, don't ever share this with anybody because if you do, yeah. no one is ever going to hire you back at Honeywell. They're going to think you're a kook. And, you know, so you keep your mouth shut. But she told me that when they would go out for those three months on their houseboat, they had a beautiful houseboat, and they would tool along the Gulf of Mexico and, and go all over – uh, and just throw anchor over. They would rent their house out to these friends from Canada. And, uh, you know, it, she said we would see these USOs, which yeah. she didn't know they were USOs at the time. She just said they would shoot up out of the Gulf and come out and hover over the water and then take off. And she said they would take off so fast. You, you were like, did I see that? You know, I mean, that's how crazy it would be. And her and her husband both saw that. So uh, that's pretty interesting stuff. Then I found out once I got involved 29 years later with MUFON that my oldest brother had had uh, experiences with extraterrestrials at nine years old. Wow. And then I was with my son one night in 2012 and the two of us had a combined UFO uh, experience. Yeah. So for 70 years, my family yeah. has been involved yeah. in extraterrestrial interventions and seeing crafts and having experiences, uh, very powerful experiences, actually, because the one Joshua and I saw in 2012 was these three lights that actually came up uh, near 
uh, Tampa Bay, Florida, as we were going over the Howard Franklin Bridge, it looked like they may have come right out of MacDill Air Force Base, which is Central Command, okay? For the United States of America, MacDill is Central Command. And NASA is right there in uh, Cocoa Beach, right next to Cocoa Beach and Melbourne. You know, so Florida is a very interesting state when it comes to extraterrestrial uh, things that can happen there. And I thought maybe it was something coming out of McDill because it was right over Tampa Bay. And so I looked at Josh and I said, humor me, but watch those lights. There's something very strange about those lights, Joshua. And he laughed at me and he said, oh, yeah, Mom, I'm sure they're UFOs. And I said, "Uh, just humor me. And as we watched them, one was massive. No airplane has anything that big. Another one was very small. And another one over here was just a little bit bigger. And I said, there's no plane that has three lights right. like that. Right. There's yeah. nothing that has anything like that. Joshua, watch it. And he goes, you know, that is pretty weird, Mom. And so all of a sudden, it's it stops right over Tampa Bay. And it's hovering over the water. And I'm like, why doesn't everybody see this? I'm right. driving 65 miles an hour on the Howard Franklin Bridge. Why isn't people slamming on their brakes? But they weren't. And I thought, oh, my goodness, they are revealing to Joshua and I. Yep. And other, do other people even see this? And so I'm telling him, just keep your eyes on this, Josh. So we get to the other side over to St. Pete, and all of a sudden, those three lights move over right over Sawgrass Lake, and they start going down into the lake. Oh, and we're coming oh, wow. along this way, and Josh is hanging out. I had a... Um, Cadillac CTS. He puts the window down. He's sitting outside of my car while I'm doing 65 miles an hour (laughs) with my cell phone trying to get a picture. These three lights turned and morphed into a huge black triangle with lights all the way around it. And I'm like, it morphed. How does that happen? How can that happen? Well, at the time, I was a certified field investigator. I was a assistant state director with Florida MUFON. And so I'm like, I know this can happen, but I've never seen it happen. And Josh was freaking out, screaming at the top of his lungs. Oh, my God, did you see it? It just changed. Now it's a triangle. And I'm like, get in the car. Yeah, right. <laughs> get in the car. Right. You know, and please don't drop my cell phone. And, you know, I, I'm absolutely freaked out and it just goes right down into the lake and i'm like what the heck right you know none of the trees not even one leaf moved on those trees and i'm looking up driving and looking up and driving and looking up driving and thinking you've got to be kidding me this cannot be happening why are not other people seeing this nobody saw it and and he saw it and we we it's a long drawn out thing that happened but when we got home i said you go into that room with a paper and pencil and you draw down. what you saw yep. i'm drawing what i saw over here we came together in the kitchen and we both had exactly the same thing three lights and then this morph More. well i was talking to lou elizondo at one of the MUFON board yeah. meetings in about 2015 and i told him about this experience and he goes yeah terry no kid that <laughs> is for real we wow. have seen that craft that is a powerful craft and i'm like thank you for yeah. 
validating that for me. And yeah. he said, yeah, not too many people see the morphing ones. Yeah. You know, they see the cloaked ones, but they don't see the morphing. And I said, not only did we see it, we saw it unmorph, yeah. which freaked us both out totally and made an instant believer in my son. So that's anyway, amazing. that's one of our story, a couple of our stories. <laughs> amazing. Wow. They are amazing. They truly are amazing. You just kind of got thrown into it at 27, too. Yes. Yeah, I did. And uh, my whole family then I found out from, you know, speaking about it. Yep. Yes. 70 years of people and, and no one of us ever talked about it. It was me that started asking the questions. And, and I was the only one in the family that ever spoke about it. You know, and my mother retired from Honeywell, so there was no way she was going to say anything. Right. My sister worked for Honeywell, but she got laid off too, and we never, me and her never went back. Right, yeah. But um, yeah, I always had hoped that we would, <laughs> yeah, that, but that didn't happen. That makes <laughs> so me anyway. wonder if other aerospace space employees maybe had uh, sightings or abductions, because I know that's that's common. That's right. Like Bob Lazar, maybe. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Talk about him, you know, working at Area 51. It is very strange. I don't know that that is, has anything to do with it since my mother and my brother had seen those things happen years before. before. Yeah. But um, as of 1979, it became commonplace for me. And ever since then, I have seen many. Uh, sightings I have had, you know, CE5 issue, yeah. you know, things Situation. that have happened. And, and again, out of uh, 10 people, only five will see something. Right. And that has always really, you know, freaked me out because how can they do that? How can they decipher who will see and who will not? Right. It's their choice. They are in charge when they are present with us. We are not in charge as much as we would like to be. We're not. I mean, yeah. they made me open my car door. Yeah. I got out. They called me out of that car. They are in charge. You are in some kind of control of theirs. And uh, it's definitely not of this world. Right. It's not something that we experience on a daily basis here. Right. We just right. don't, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah. Are you still in Florida or you're no, you're in central no. time. Are you in yeah, no, I'm, I'm now a, a moved to Paris, Tennessee. And, uh, it's very cold here today. Oh. <laughs> I wish I was in Florida. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, but we're in this little city here in Tennessee and, uh, we just really felt that this is where we were supposed to come. So we sold everything in Florida and moved here. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I love Florida. My sister lives in Titusville, so it's oh, yeah. right by the Kennedy oh. Space Center, and yeah, you can see there was a launch last time I was there, and I got up at four in the morning to watch it. Yep. I mean, it's only this big, but it's still cool to I see know. a rocket take <laughs> off. You know, I don't see that in California. Yeah. You know, we we'll see Vandenberg launches things once in a while, but right. it's interesting. Yes, yeah. it is. So you're also a demonologist. Tell yes, us, I tell am. Tell us a little I... bit about that. That's okay. Well, like I had mentioned, I was a churchgoer and I was a little Christian girl raising my two boys, you know, at church. And um, 
it was 1973 when I became a very uh, strong Christian dedicated to the Lord. And in 1975, I was at this one church and I met this pastor and he was an actual demonologist and he would go out and pray for people that were having these weird happenings, things moving in their home or weird shadows or uh, strange things that would come upon them and they weren't acting normal, you know. Uh, and he was a single, not a single guy, but he was married, but his wife had two kids and she couldn't always go with him. Right. So he was looking for somebody that would go with him. And he asked the congregation who will go with me. His name was Don Husted. And I raised my hand and said, well, I will, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, I don't know why I'm doing this. Right. But my hand just, I'll do it. Right. <laughs> I'm Impels. telling you, we are controlled here by either, either the yeah. the the saints and the spirits, or right. you know, yeah. a lot's going on yeah. here, you guys. A lot yeah, is happening right. on this planet. You know, we are situated right in the middle of it all here. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, my hand shot up, and I went. And I thought, "Ooh, what am I doing?" You know, and, and off <laughs> I went with it. I have no control over it. It just went up. Sure, I'll do it. I don't know why, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Right. I'm, a, I'm the idiot that will go. And another hand went up. Right. Only mine. And so he goes, well, yeah, I guess uh, you'll go with me, Terry. Right. I know and so anyway, I started going with him, and we would go and pray with people. And, man, some of the things I saw were very frightening, although I will say nothing like the exorcist okay right, because right. um that was all hollywood eyes and yeah. but i saw demons and people that i'm telling you it's frightening there's a new movie out i forget the name of it um but the man is possessed by a demon go see that movie because i'm telling you that movie is the bomb that is exactly oh really what it's truly like i'm trying to think of the name it's is it one out? word is it out now it's out right now, yeah. Hmm. Um, oh, and we just went and saw it, but you know, I'm getting so yeah. much older. Yeah. I forget things. Um, right I'll think of it. Yeah, send the, send the link <laughs> anyway, if you remember. Send me, yeah, just send me the email. <laughs> I'll so send it this. in the email. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, now. That's how I am. <laughs> yes. That's, that's It'll exactly come to me. It I always do it. does. Yeah, right. it comes in. Just takes a minute. <laughs> yeah, or, or two. Yeah. But anyway... Um, yeah, it's such a good, and you know, Don and I would go in and, and uh, this one home in particular, all the drapes were drawn, the mother and the father lived there with the daughter, and uh, we walked in and I, I was like, oh my God, the daughter was sitting in the chair, and just the minute my eyes fell on her, I knew, oh my God, this is creepy, and she just had this weird look on her face her eyes were crazed i mean really crazed but she was just a short uh brown-haired girl right. very thin i mean ridiculously thin and uh looked like death eating a biscuit and oh, wow. i i said to don Ooh, you know and and the, the whole room they had those big thick uh gold drapes and they were all closed and it just felt warm and hot in that room and dark and I asked for the drapes to be opened. I said, please open the yeah, drapes. Let's let the light in. And we opened the drapes and she started screaming. Oh. She hated the light. It, and uh, and I said, well, I, I don't care if she hates the light. 
I need to see, I can't see. And they had light their, their, you know, little lights on in the room, but it was like, so pitiful. Yeah. It was only 1130 in the daytime and right. it was beautiful outside, you know, open, open the windows, right. you know? Well, the, the parents said she doesn't like the windows open and she doesn't like the drapes pulled. She likes it hot and she likes it dark. And I'm like, well, I'm here and I don't, you know, <laughs> right. we're going to take over now, you yeah, know, yeah. and, um, in a loving way, of course. And I was very diplomatic about it, but I just said, well, I need to be able to see my notes. I can barely see in here, you know? And, um, so we prayed for her and the minute we said the name of Jesus, this, this girl went ballistic. Oh, wow. I mean, she was biting at us, oh. reaching out with her teeth. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm telling you. And I said to Don, holy moly, this yeah. is nuts. And I said, she is really uh, just enveloped in a demonic spirit. Yeah. And you could just see the hate in her eyes. You could say anything. But if you said the name of Jesus, she went nuts. Right. And I just said, okay, let's not say that until we have to say that. Let's speak directly to her. And what had happened, we had found out from the parents, is she had taken a drug overdose and tried to kill herself. Right. But she didn't die. Yeah. And so she's still alive now, and she's obviously possessed. Right. And we prayed and rebuked and bound her. And after being there a few times, you could say the name of Jesus. Everything was fine. Right. And and we saw a change in this girl. She needed to forgive herself for trying to kill herself when in fact it did work. And it left her in this semi vegetable state that she now, this was her new reality. This right. was her life. Right. And, you know, she didn't die and couldn't even kill herself at this point. You know, she was so badly vegetableized right. in a sense, but at least she found peace in it all. And, and uh, her parents then could open the drapes and things were getting better. And uh, we only spent maybe three months on that. But um, there were many other things that had happened. I had seen a full bodied apparition of somebody uh, standing in my house uh, at one point shortly after these things had happened. And uh, I'd never seen a full bodied apparition ever before i hadn't even heard about it to be quite frank and right. so this was a new experience for me and i was said to the person you know john what are you doing in my uh, house right. and it was just all of a sudden there it was just standing in the wow. doorway and then i said what are you doing in my bedroom i actually knew this person oh wow i actually knew this person and right. i thought was standing in my house and right. then i'm like what are you doing standing in my bedroom? Right. And all of a sudden, this tornadic effect went around this, this spirit. And I realized it wasn't a human being at all. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at something I can not only see through, but now something demonic is coming up out of it. Nothing. I had never imagined something like that was a possibility. And this demon was so strong. It had so much power. It was fully like a human being dressed in clothes. I mean, it looked like I could reach out and shake the person's hand. And yet, the minute I questioned it, what are you doing in my bedroom? It went tornadic, and this face came out oh. of this 
Damn. Oh, no. I <laughs> even move. Oh. The term frozen in fear is a factual yeah. term. Yeah. You are literally frozen to the point where you're like, yeah, you're, you can't move. Right. And I didn't know what to do. I couldn't speak. I couldn't scream. I couldn't move. I could only watch this thing doing this craziness around me. And I heard in my left ear, spell his name. See it. And I'm like, whose name? What? What? How, <laughs> right. What? And I went, okay, okay. Uh, his name, whose name? The Lord's name? You know, what? what's his name? And I'm Searching. like, I don't even know his name. And all of a sudden, I heard J, and I saw a J. Oh. And then I thought, what? Uh, I think there's a, I think there's a, maybe a, E and and the whole time I'm doing this, that thing is tornadic, and this face is coming more oh, and yeah. more out at me. I'm serious. Before God's throne, I tell you, I'll give an account for this. It's the truth. Scared the hell out of me, literally. <clears throat> and then I could see an E, but I still didn't know the name. That's the power these demonic forces can have. When people are playing with the demonic realm and they don't really know what they're yeah, doing, right. man, you can be uh, completely immobilized by these things. That's right. why people should not use the Ouija board. Right. They should not call these no. things into play. No. They have power. Yep. I felt the power in that room, and I could. It had me frozen yeah. in fear. And then I went S. I think there's an S. And when I saw the S, I saw J E S, and I screamed out, Jesus! And the minute that left my mouth, this thing turned and ran down the hallway in my home, and slammed the door in my children's bedroom. Oh, I no. mean, slammed oh, no. the door <laughs> so good. hard, it was like it was going to come off. So when slamming doors happen, I want you to know that is very real. Yeah, and yeah. these things can happen by powerful spirits that have that kind of control. And so I got up and ran out of the house as fast as my legs could get me out the door. And once outside of the house, I just stood there outside going like this going like oh, what what was that what 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 was that and then i realized oh, it's still in there it's in my children's <laughs> room. room yeah that's oh, all thinking right i gotta go back in and and nobody was there i was home alone right. and i thought i gotta go back in again so i opened the door and i'm shaking like a leaf and i'm like I, I know if I say the name of Jesus, and now I could remember Jesus's name at the time, right. that thing had so much power, it literally took all of my thinking away from me. Right. Don't forget that. These things can take hold of your thoughts. Yep. And so I was like, oh my God, don't forget the name of Jesus. And I opened the door and I walked in the house. I turned on all the lights, broad daylight, broad daylight. And I'm turning on lights because I'm so scared. I'm like, I want oh, yeah. the light bulbs on. I, I oh, want yeah. the light bulbs. All of them. All the lights. Every one Every of them. Every light yeah. in the house. I'm That's flipping right. switches. I'm, and, and, and I walk in and I get into the first room and then I step up. We had a sunken uh, first room. And I step up and go to that area. I walk past my, uh, through my um, little breezeway thing in the middle of the house. And then I 
get to the hall and I'm so scared. I'm just like, oh God, help me. And I'm like, I got to open this door. I don't know what I'm going to see. I don't want to see it. You know, and, right. and I put my hand on the door and I got to tell you, this is the most powerful testimony, the most powerful thing I could ever share with anybody. The minute my hand touched the doorknob, it was like something came over me. I wasn't afraid anymore. Now I had such a righteous anger. I was oh. so angry. I had so much power. I turned that knob and that fear face I was wearing turned into this face of, I am coming for you. Right. And I opened that door and I stood there going, get out of my house in the name of Jesus. And there was nothing in the room. And I was standing in the room alone and saying, I don't know where you went, but you came here and you get out. And I mean, I was so angry. It, it, that's the difference that having strength and knowledge and power, right. you know, over fear, yep. I conquered fear that right. day. And it reminds, it reminded me that I read, had read something in the scriptures before that, that said Jesus was in the uh, garrison tombs and he came up to a demoniac and the demoniac was rolling in the fire and throwing himself on the ground and spitting and puking and doing all kinds of bizarre yeah. things. And Jesus simply said to him, who are you? And the man spoke back and said, we are legion oh. and i thought isn't that interesting one man one woman could have a legion of demons oh. and this demon that came to me that day obviously was to teach and train me to overcome my fear right of course i didn't see it that way at the time i was scared out of my wits right. but once i got into that room everything changed and i then knew i had been called to do this which is why i even do it today when somebody calls and says you know we're having problems things are moving doors are slamming i'm like i'll be right there that's that's yeah. no big deal i got this right. and you know and yet most people like to play with the demons <laughs> but remember you can get yeah. a legion of them yeah. in one person and i'm like the more you play the more open doors you're giving them yep. and the more jam-packed you are getting yeah yep. and it, it'll change your personality it'll change everything about you so true demoniac things are very frightening but most people don't live in that reality they live in the reality that oh we're gonna call them and chase them and play with them and talk to them and yeah. wow not a good oh. idea <laughs> I, no i don't want to play with them yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. They don't play back. No, they I didn't they know lie. the Ouija board. I've seen a movie called Ouija, and it was really scary. Have you seen yeah. that movie? Oh, it's scary. No, it is scary. Um, and I don't really get scared on movies, but that one really freaked me out. Yeah. I was like, it was at night, and I was watching it with one of my sons. And I've never know. used a Ouija board. We had one in our house when we moved in there years ago, and we I threw it away. I'm like, I don't even yes. want it in my house. That was very smart. Yeah, my mother. It is a portal. Yeah, we, do, we can call these things to us right. through portals. We can by just simply going. Like even uh, I had a girlfriend who had a Buddha, and she had all these little lights around it. Like she was literally worshiping this thing. Right. 
And all of a wow. sudden, her personality changed. Wow. Everything about her changed. Right. And I don't mean for the better. Right. And I said, get that out of there. You're worshiping a hunk of wood. Right. Get that out of there. That thing cannot do anything for you. Yeah, right. And once she got rid of it, she said, you know, I, I actually feel like the whole house feels lighter. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm here to tell you, I've seen the light come into a room versus that darkness, impending darkness. Right. Um, have any of you ever, where, you're, where are you located? We're in Sacramento area in California. In Cal, that's right, Sacramento area. Okay. Well, there's a place here called, uh, well, not here, it's in Kentucky, called the Octagon Square. Have you ever heard of that? I have. The Octagon no. Okay. No. Well, there's this place, uh, and it's an octagon ho home, which back in the day, the Masons uh, built these octagon homes back right. in the early 17 and 1800s. And they would uh, have like 13 steps going up and 13 steps going down into the mm -hmm. basements. And they were very, very peculiar homes built by the Masons. Right. And um, a lot of weird things used to happen in some of these homes because they were made into hospitals back in uh, the Civil War time. And the one that's in Kentucky, Octagon Hall, is uh, known as a place of um, extreme hauntings and oh, extreme wow. happening. So I did not know about it. I had only heard that Octagon Hall was a place some friends of mine were go and visit it well nobody told me oh, no. <laughs> and so i walked in and opened the door and within two seconds boom boom these oh. two spirits came at me so fast oh, shit. <laughs> and i'm like whoa, right. whoa and somebody said to me what and i said man there is this man and there's this woman that just came at me so fast i felt like they were pushing me out and yet i walked in and I found out later after talking to the curator that many people had died in that house. Right. And he didn't tell me much more about it. So I'm going outside and I'm walking around outside. And as I'm standing there, he's up here watching me. He knows so much more than I know. And I knew nothing. And I stood there and I looked down and I went, oh, my God, I'm standing on a thousand. And he... We both said this at the same time. Fingers. Oh, and, boy. And I'm oh. Like, oh, my God, I'm standing on a thousand. And he oh. said fingers and I said fingers. And I said, how is that possible? How could all these fingers be underneath my feet? Right. Under oh. The oh. And he said, Terry, this house in the Civil War times is where they would bring the soldiers that had gotten frostbite and to save their lives, they would have to amputate oh, no, all okay. their fingers. Oh. And they would put fingers and toes in buckets. <laughs> and then they would dig holes and bury them out back. Oh, and wow. you are standing on a thousand fingers. Oh, and I said, I, I can feel it. I can feel oh, it. Wow. The sadness that was coming up to me. It was so powerful. And I'm not a psychic. I'm just very sensitive to these yeah, things. Right. And, you know... It's so real, these things. People need to understand how real and how strange the world actually is here. Right. Lots of craziness can happen here. Um, 
especially where they used to hang the black slaves. Oh my God, oh. the pain I felt. There was a place out back, there was a tree and I, I looked at the tree and I said to the curator, oh my gosh, I, I'm seeing people hanging from that tree. And he said, yes, that is where they hung the slaves that tried to get away. Right. They hung them. Wow. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And the sadness that came over me because those poor, poor, wonderful yeah. people were so mistreated. Mm. Yep. And, and, you know, it's just horrifying. Yeah. What, what we have done as humans through the generations of this earth and all of it is collected here. You know, you and I, you know, we're all alive here right now, but, but so many have been and died, Right. Yeah. but their, their energy is still here. The yeah. spirit lives it's... on and goes, but that energy from, from the carcasses we all wear, this it's... is just, yeah. a carcass. Yep. we don't take it with us. We hmm. go on, yeah. you know, but uh, it's just amazing stuff. You guys, yeah. <laughs> nice. do you believe in reincarnation? You know, I'm still going back and forth with that. <laughs> I am. I would yeah. love somebody to do a think tank with me yeah. or, or help me with that. Because the Jews from the early genealogy of Jews talked about it. But I don't see anything to really back it up. I, I feel like there is a possibility that it's very real. But I need proof. Everything that has happened to me, seeing the extraterrestrials, seeing the crafts, seeing the demonics, seeing the spirits, I don't need anybody to teach me that because I personally experienced yeah, it. Right. But a reincarnation, I do have a experience from when I was three. And I remember going down, 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 sinking in the ocean like I was dying. Some ship must have either been bombed or it yeah. crashed or something. Right. But I remembered going down and I could see these really bizarre fish before I was dead that were eating humans at the bottom. And these were way at the bottom of the ocean, way yeah. down deep. And I remember seeing them and they, they had hand, almost like hands and almost like feet and they would wow. go after these people and they would start eating them as they were dead drowned yeah. and dead and wow. i thought oh no oh no that's gonna happen to me you know and i was only just a baby when i had those thoughts right. and how does a little three-year-old come up with think something like that right and i thought is that a memory right did i die in a in a you know boat Right, yeah, right. or something. Yeah, that's weird. You know, I don't know. Why would a little girl think a stupid thought like that? And, you know, when I was born, <laughs> I hate to admit this, but TVs had just come out for the yeah. first time. Right. And I remember we were one of the first families uh, that had a TV in our home. And uh, everybody would come over with their beer. Yeah. Watch the TV at our house yep. you know, because no one on the block had one. Right. And, um, and I, I, I never watched anything that could have given me a thought of something like that. Right. So how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Past life. The jury is out. I yeah. would love to hear about that. I'm very intrigued. I've had a near-death experience. That's how I became a Christian. Right. I actually 
had an experience, a spiritual experience. And that's the only reason I became a Christian is I saw that in this world, truth does overrule evil and good does overrule bad. Yeah. We do have them. Uh, you, you know, anybody with half a brain would know there's good and evil. Right. There's black and white. There's, you know, the yin and the yang. There's, we have these two sides of the coin. And uh, this is why I became a Christian. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love for somebody to reach out to me about reincarnation. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting concept. I don't know. I'm on the, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Are you about on the it. fence too? I'm on the fence. I'm not. Yeah. I need a yeah. little bit of, you know, facts and things. I uh, need proof. Well, <laughs> yeah. They have those little children stories yep yeah come back yep, yeah. and no. that is so freaky to me i'm like wow yeah. and they even have named who killed them and then a cold case file was closed yeah and i'm like wow they, is it true is it true they talk I about yeah. i need exactly. it to they, they talk <laughs> about other families and they have all this information Sisters, on, brothers. Yes, yes. yeah. I'm. I, I'm actually would. I would consider. I believe, from these stories. I mean, where would these kids get this from? The um, exactly, yeah. and it makes me want to believe. But wanting to believe and knowing, knowing are two, is different, two different things. Yeah. I yeah. want to know. I want to know that I know. Yeah. And and I want to have proof. Yeah. You know, I'm just somebody that don't tell me something if you can't back it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Hard facts. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got a few minutes so, left, and I, I just wanted to ask about you know disclosures coming. Well, we hope disclosures coming. Do you think we're gonna? Do you think that's gonna happen? I mean, are we gonna absolutely. be able to? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It is gonna happen because, believe me, it already has. Yeah. Yeah. One on one, individually, anybody who has ever had an experience like mine or even similar to mine. I know everybody's is different and unique to their own personality. Right. But they have they have revealed to me. And here's my question to all of your listeners, to anybody yeah. who's within the sound of my voice. Who do you need to tell you the truth? Right. If the truth has happened to you, isn't that enough? enough. Yeah. If yeah. something has happened to you where you have been disclosed to personally, who else do you need to hear it from? The government? Right. Yeah. I mean, what <laughs> yes. about them proclaiming it is going to make it any more true than it already is so, yeah. when you've experienced it? Yeah. So do I need disclosure? No, I have disclosure. Right. And of course, you know, um, I spoke at the MUFON symposium about the alien healing that I had. And of course we don't have time to go into that, yeah. but um, part two. you can, we'll have to do a part that. two on that. We'll do a part two. We'll uh, do definitely. part two. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, and it was also a reptilian that healed me a oh. reptilian hybrid. Wow. So it's very interesting stuff happened in 2012. That was a very powerful year for my whole family, 2012. Um, but yeah, part two. Yes, <laughs> cool. definitely. We're going to wrap it up before we have any yep. more internet problems. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about I that. Know. You love the... technology when it <laughs> works. <laughs> right. I said the most high-powered guest I've ever had, and the internet has to fall out. Uh, yeah, of course. Right? So you guys are going to hear it threaded right in, in about 10 minutes. That's what happened. 
thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome questions, comments, or requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook. Check out our website, alienprobe.net, Twitter and Instagram at alienprobepod. Like and subscribe at YouTube. Terry, thank you very yes. much. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. It was a good interview. Oh, and, so um, nice to be with Matt, you, too. Thank you. I loved hey, it. Thank you. Thanks and, for having uh, me. You two are awesome. We're going to do a part Keep doing you. what you're doing. Hope Sorry. you had it. Watch the skies, everybody. That's right. Yes. Keep looking up. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>